going through this, I, I probably will not, I might just give a scripture reference, okay, and uh, not actually turn to it. If for some reason I hit one and you're like, going, where, where, where is that? You know, because I might just say a chapter and you want the reference, you can grab me later because uh, there's probably, I don't know, 50. No, that's, that's <laughs> a little bit of exaggeration. It's 49. Um, yeah, they're going to go through a whole lot today. Um, but I want us to really see the importance of what Jesus did. And it's from the very, it's from page one all the way to the very end of Revelation. The, the, this is the crux. This is, this is why and, and the way that we're, we are Christians. Uh, you know, the, um, the great uh, saint from the fourth century, St. Athanasius, um, he, uh, he's quoted as saying this. He said, he became what we are, that we might become what he is. He became what we are, that we might become what he is. And I would, I would add to that that um, uh, we will never become God, okay, or we will never be deity. There's always the, the creature-creator uh, distinction there. But he became one of us in order that we can be just like him. And it all started in the garden. From the very first page, garden. You know, Adam and Eve were put into the garden. They were put as a, as a child of God, as, as the first um, creation, you know, the, the first place in creation. You know, God, God made man the, the shining, um, you know, the apple of his eye in, in the world and put him in an idyllic place in the garden. And we all know the story. Adam and Eve were there, and uh, God also put a couple of trees. God did not create the sin, but he created an opportunity. And he, he created the opportunity by giving a command, right? You, you can eat from anything in, this, in the garden but this tree. He put the tree there. The tree, I'm sure, was good because everything that God created was good. But he gave a command and gave an option, don't eat. And we know that temptation came along, and Eve said, sure, looks good to me. She grabbed it, took a bite, said, oh, that's all right. Sounds, it's pretty good, and gave it to Adam. Adam did the same thing, and all of a sudden, well, God said, on the day that you eat of this, you will surely die, right? Is that what it says? On the day that you eat of it, you'll surely die. Did they die that day? Not physically. And now they eventually had the ramifications of that sin, right? And they did die. We don't know how many years later. We know that Adam lived over 900 years, but we don't know how long they lived before they took of the, tr of the fruit, right? So sin came in, and they died physically that day. You wouldn't believe the amount of commentaries that, that say, oh, yeah, it kind of was the devil actually basically said the, <laughs> the right thing, and God didn't. They don't come out exactly like that, but it's, yeah, it's just like going, he was a liar from the beginning, right? God's the truth. On the day they ate of it, just like God said, they died. They died. They, they were separated from God. They were separated spiritually and also in a huge way physically because they were cast out of the garden, right? 
pick that up thousands of years later and in the garden it happened again. Except this time you had the second Adam in the garden. Remember uh, Jesus went and he, um, he took uh, some of his closest disciples with him and he said, watch with me and pray that you don't fall into what? Temptation. Because I believe in the garden is where Jesus was tempted once again. Lord, if there's any other way, would you please let this pass from me? But not my will, but your will be done. See, the second Adam had the opportunity in the garden once again, and he won. He won the victory there in the garden when he chose and said, not my will, but your will be done. Not, that, not what my eyes are seeing, not what's good to my lips and good to my taste buds, not what's good to this flesh, because sin is good for a while, right? But, but not my will, but your will be done, O Lord. Matthew 26. Don't fall into temptation. And Jesus, we know, even though he was tempted, just like all of us, he never sinned. He never sinned. And I want to make sure that that is, is really emphasized. Jesus was tempted to sin. If he, if, if he, if he was not able to sin, it was not a true temptation. Okay, I, I am not tempted to flap my wings and fly home. Okay, it's not it's not a temptation I have. Maybe it's for you, but I'm not able to flap my wings and fly home. Okay, if I were, I could be tempted to do that, but it, because that's not a possibility, it's not a temptation. So could Jesus? Yes, I believe Jesus could have, but he didn't. Right, he follows and not my will, but your will be done, O Lord. But what happened there? Because, because if he became like us, you see, we're, we're dead in our trespasses and sins because we are um, from the lineage of Adam. Adam died, and so everyone else who um, was born after Adam is born with that death sentence within them. You see, every, all, the, all the bad stuff in the world, it comes from sin. All the sickness, all the disease, it comes from sin. Not necessarily our sins, Right? I'm not looking at somebody and saying, oh, you're sick, you must have sinned. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, because sin entered into the world, there wasn't sickness and disease before Adam and Eve sinned, right? When sin entered into the world, all this bad junk came into the world because of that sin and because of all the sins afterward. And Jesus came in order to make it right, but first he had to be like us. He had to be tempted like us. He had to refuse the temptation, but he had to taste the death. And we know that on Good Friday, which is really such a um, paradoxical term, we call it Good Friday, but it was, uh, it was probably one of the um, greatest... Uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's one of the greatest miscarriages of justice that the world has ever seen. The only perfect person gets 
thrown into a sham trial and gets condemned to death. In every way, it was wrong. Even by their own law, it was wrong. And, and yet Jesus said, I will go and I will do this because the Father has said to go and do. But what happened next is what it has such ramifications for us. Because of this statement, Jesus became like us so that we might become like him. Because th until then, he really was, he was like us in flesh and blood, but he never tasted the death that we tasted. And I say tasted because those of us in here, we were born dead, but now we're alive. Amen? Right? Jesus went to the, to the cross. He was pierced in his hands, in his feet. He was beaten before that. I know um, uh, uh, Jim Caviezel, if you, if you've all seen The Passion. Um, actually, I, I was talking to David about this last week, and I looked it back up. I, I was wrong. Jim Caviezel, um, when he was uh, playing Jesus in The, in the Passion, one of he, got, he got whipped accidentally. And it, it hit, and it left, I think it said it left like a 14-inch scar on his back. But it said it caused his entire diaphragm to seize up just that one hit. And uh, Jesus received probably 39 or 40 lashes, as well as multiple beatings and, and uh, a crown of thorns upon his head. It was more than anybody could take. My personal belief is that Jesus would have died um, and if, if, if he was allowed to. But he had to get to the cross. He had to get to the cross. I believe that God kept him alive until he got to the cross. And what happens on the cross is he took upon himself all of our sin, all of our guilt, all the bad things. I mean, some, some of... I mean, Nobody wants to contemplate and think about all the bad things you've ever done in your life. Some people, it, it's a little bit shorter list, but it's still a list, and some people, it's a really long list. But think about everyone who has ever sinned. Think about all the guilt that you, that you have ever experienced and multiply that times everybody that has ever lived, not just in this generation, but everyone who has ever lived and placing that guilt on your shoulders. No wonder he died. And it was at that point that Jesus cries, I said, Lama, Lama, Sabakva, uh, Lama, Lama, uh, <laughs> boy, thank you. Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabakthani, thank you. Boy, brain this morning. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When he took, God does not look upon sin. And he willingly placed upon his son the, all the sin of the entire world. That he could be that sin offering, the perfect lamb of God's sin offering. You know, the, 
the, the people, they would place, you know, um, uh, with the oxen and stuff, they'd place their hands on it before they would slaughter it to, to, uh, to impart the sin, the guilt that they had for the, each year. But with Jesus, it was a once and for all sacrifice. Now, I, w- can you imagine with me if um, uh, you went to, to your doctor, let's say you, you go to your, your general physician and, you're, and they say, you know what, um, we're, we're having a study. I'm taking part in a study. I'm in a study group. Um, and I'd like for you to, to participate if you would. Now, what, what we're going to do is this. Um, we're going to um, uh, medically kill you. All right, we'll give you an injection, you're going to die, and we're going to wait for a little bit of time, and we're going to see if we can bring you back to life. Okay, just, just sign on the line and we can do this. How many of you all would jump at that opportunity? <laughs> but this is what, think about it, this is what Jesus did with his dad. Okay, dad. You want me to go through with this? You want me to die? And I'm going to trust you. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Right? Why? He's trusting him that if he dies and gets put in the tomb, that he's going to do something about it. Faith. And it wasn't a picnic. He was separated from God. Ephesians 4 says that he came to the earth, and when he died, says he, he, he descended to the lower regions of the earth, right? That when God would raise him back up, then he would ascend to the highest heavens. But what happened in here? Now, I'll tell you, it's a mystery. It, it's a mystery. We, we, I don't know why the Lord didn't, like, put it all together, right? I keep asking that question, Lord, why didn't you just outline this for me? But you know what? I, I think what he wants, I, I was asking once again, and I'm like, Lord, why didn't you just kind of, like, give us a, you know, a bullet point, boom, 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 boom. This is the chronology. You know, a lot of the Gospels aren't, you know, they're not in chronological order even. You know, you're trying to put all this together. Why didn't and I think a lot of it's because he wants us to study. He wants us to 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 deal with it. He wants us to get in there and wrestle with it. He and, and in doing so we learn more, and in doing so we understand more. And in doing so, it's more faith because we're looking towards him and saying, Okay, Lord, what does this mean? How does it all work? How does it all fit? And the, the, what what he shows us what happened. It, it's not all right together and right easy to look at. But it's there. Some of it's a mystery, and we have to just put it in God's hands. Some of it we can look and say, okay, this, this has to have happened. When, when Jesus died, he actually told us. I'll show you this. Flip over to Luke, uh, Luke 16. Luke 16. It says, now there was a rich man. Everybody say rich man. 
There was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores. And longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table, the rich man, the rich man, Thank you. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. Okay? You got that? Um, let, me, let me pause right there. We'll go on in just a second. Um, what, what we can tell, all right? Again, this is a little bit mysterious, but what we can tell is that the Old Testament saints... When um, those who followed after God in the Old Testament, that they went to that that there was a compartment of of um, the afterlife. I'm going to just kind of a large use the larger term. Okay, there's Abraham's bosom. Okay, where, where the the saints would go, and it's called Abraham's bosom because you know it's it's like you you lean up against Abraham. He's there to comfort. He's there to give peace. He's there to give protection. You know, he, it's he's Father Abraham. Those of faith and those who were of faith went to be with Father Abraham because they were of faith, and it was it was a it was a place of peace. This wasn't heaven, but it was uh, the realm of disembodied spirits. Abraham's bosom. Then it, then you have Hades. Okay. Let's let's go on because th- this is Jesus. Who has a red letter Bible? Anybody have a red letter? Is this in red? Okay, good. Just make, just making sure, because mine's not. But in Hades, he lifted up his eyes. This is a rich man being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. So, the the rich man is in Hades, and he's in what? Torment, right? Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I'm in agony in this flame. So the, the rich man is, is where? In Hades, right? The, uh, the poor man is where? Abraham is busy. Okay, flip over to Isaiah 53. Anybody know this passage? What's it, anybody, anybody remember this passage? I hope so. Um, look, look at verse um, 4. Surely our griefs he himself bore. Who is this? Jesus. Our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. So our, our um, he was pierced through and beat for our for our sins and our our uh, our um, transgressions, the chastening the chastening for our well being fell upon him and by his scourging we are what healed. 
look down at 9. Um, actually, I'm going to start at 8. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due, his grave was assigned with the wicked men, yet he was with what? Rich man in his death. You think it was coincidence that Jesus is talking about a rich man and a poor man and a rich man went to... He's giving, he's giving us a little commentary on Isaiah 53. I, uh, Acts chapter 2 um, it, uh, picks this up and it says... Oh, let me... Uh, let me just go there. <laughs> it's going to be hard not to flip over to these passages. Um, verse 24 but God raised him up again this is Acts 2 24 but God raised him up again putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in his power what am I saying Jesus when he died it wasn't over he was still in agony a lot of times we think, you know, once you're dead, you're dead, all, you're dead like Rover, you're dead all over. Right? But Jesus, he, he bore everything on his body, and his body died, but the death wasn't done. Acts 2 says he, he, he was in agony until the time that he was raised up. That should make us so thankful. Jesus did so much for us. To be cut off from the life that he's, he lived with the Father, the life that flowed through his body, and to be cut off and to be separated from the Father completely. Now, I, I personally think that the devil always overplays his hand. That doesn't mean we don't fall into his schemes. But if you're listening, if you watch, he'll overplay his hand. And I don't know what, you know, the devil may have been thinking at this point. When Jesus died, when he offered up to the Father and said, Oh, oh Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, was, did the devil laugh? I don't know. Did the demons think that they had won the victory? I have no idea. When, when Jesus showed up into Hades, did they say, we finally got the sun? Or did they shriek and say, oh boy, we're in trouble? Doesn't say. First Peter does say this, though, that when uh, First Peter, I believe it's, I'm trying to look at my notes, First Peter 3, I believe, uh, it does say this, that when he was, when he was in, in Hades, between the time that, um, if 
First Peter 3, 19 through 20. Uh, it says that he preached the gospel to, to those in, in prison. Okay, this is between the time that he died and when the time he rose again. So he, he preached the gospel. But it wasn't a preacher. I don't believe he went and he gave a flowery message. The, the word there for preach is not to, to give a homily, to give a, a flowery message of saying, hey, would you all, you know, I would like you to make a decision. Please follow me. It was more of a, a message of victory. It doesn't say what he, what he said exactly, but I think it might have been something like, I am Christ the King. I am the victor. You did not follow me in life. You will not follow me in death either. And he shut the door. Now we know that God is a good father. I don't know that this is what he was doing, but I can just imagine. You know, it, it was prophesied three days. Even as Jonah, Jesus said this, even as Jonah was in the belly of the fish, so the Son of Man will be in the belly of the earth for three days. Can you imagine what the Father was doing? I know he doesn't have a watch. He didn't even have a phone, right? But can you imagine the Father? Is it day, is it, is it, is it, is it day three yet? You ever been on a, a road trip with a bunch of kids? Are we there yet? How many more hours, Dad? Well, we just left. <laughs> Can you imagine the father with the son? The, the, the Trinity's been split. Is it day three yet? Are we there? No, just day one. Is it day three yet? Is it the morning? And all of a sudden, early in the morning, that Sunday, Romans 8 says that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that God sent the Spirit to raise up Jesus. When Jesus was still, I'm not talking even his body because he, he, had, he had to have his spirit and his body reunited. He had to be given that resurrected body. Right? He didn't, he didn't come up and, and all of a sudden have to have wounds bandaged, right? He didn't walk with a limp because because of the big beating that he had. He was given that resurrected body, the the first fruits of those who um, of, of those who believe. But the the spirit came and and raised him up and gave life to his spirit. You know what it says in Colossians in the book of Revelation, number chapter one. It says that he became the firstborn among the dead ones. Revelation one four, Colossians I believe it's one eighteen. Um, why why is why, why is he the firstborn among the dead? He was the first person to be raised up, was he? Lazarus was, was, was raised from the dead, right? The widow of Nain's son was raised from the dead. Right? There were others who were, were raised from the dead. He, he, wasn't the, he wasn't the first one to come back to life. But he was the first one that he, he, he went to Hades and, and split hell wide open. And the Holy Spirit said, look, you were dead, but now you're alive. I don't know that this is exactly what happened. But it says that, um, and in, in this is the uh, end of Matthew uh, 26, and uh, 
at the beginning of Matthew 27. Make sure that's not be like 26, 27, or 27, 28. Yeah, 26, 27. Uh, the last few verses of, of 26 and the, the first part of 27. Um, it says that when Jesus was raised from the dead, that there was a huge earthquake. I don't know why it's back backwards here. It's 27 says he's raised from the dead and a huge earthquake. Verse 26 says that or in chapter 20, in 26 says when he was raised that that many of the Old Testament saints came out of their tombs and were seen in, in Jerusalem. Did Jesus when he when he was raised up did he I think what he probably did is he grabbed all those Old Testament saints in Abraham's bosom and said, let's go! Now you're with me. And Jesus came out of that tomb. Now what's really interesting is this. In, a, in John's account, what you see is, is he comes out and all of a sudden you've got Mary who thinks he's a gardener. She looks at him and says, they've taken my Lord and I don't know where they've put him. And he finds Mary. Rabboni. And she falls and she, she starts clutching for him. And he says, Don't. She is really, it's, it's stop touching me. For I am ascending. It's a present tense in the Greek, which means that it's currently going on. I am ascending to my God and your God. But go and tell, go and tell my disciples that I'll meet them. But then later, remember with Thomas, Thomas, you know, they, they say doubting Thomas. I, I wish they wouldn't give him that name. But, you know, he, he, he's, he's like, I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to, uh, I'm not going to believe until I can actually put my hands in those nail scars. I can stick my, fi- my fingers into his side. And all of a sudden, later, he, he, Jesus shows up and Thomas is there. And he says, come touch me. See, here's the scars. Put your fingers in there. Touch my side. What happened? Was it, was it discrimination? She was a woman. She couldn't touch him. But Thomas, yeah, why not? No, that wasn't it. Here's what I believe. See, the high priest, when he, when he was cleansed, he, he had to go through and be washed. He had to be baptized, if you will. That should sound familiar. Jesus said, I have a baptism to undergo. Right? Speaking of his death, burial, and resurrection. So he's died. He was buried. He was, he was he's resurrected. He's been baptized. He's been cleansed. The high priest had to be cleansed. And he, could, he had to be cleansed and holy to be able to go in and offer that blood. And put that blood on the mercy seat that one time a year. And cleanse the sin of the people that one time a year. And Jesus, he, gets, he comes up from the grave, right? And the first person he sees is Mary. And she wants to grab hold of him. Wouldn't she want to? Oh, let me give you a great big hug. I haven't seen you. I thought you were gone forever. No, don't touch me. I'm ascending. 
and he goes up into the, to the actual temple. You know, the, the, the temple on the earth was a replica. The temple that really counts is the one in heaven. And it's not the blood of, of goats and bulls that he takes, but he takes his very own blood and takes it in and says, Here, Daddy, this will do once and for all. my blood. See my hands. It's sufficient for all time. And then we know that in a period of 40 days that Jesus um, showed himself uh, to people and says in 1 Corinthians 15 it even says uh, even up, you know, what, what is it, 500, was it 400? At one time, it's 1 Corinthians 15 if you want to look it up. Um, you know, maybe they were having a church service and Jesus walked in Hey, guys, how's it going? But he showed himself to all the disciples in this matter of 40 days, which we we shouldn't be surprised. Because when 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 the people of Israel came out of Egypt, everybody watched the Ten Commandments just recently, right? They're going, oh, that's a long movie. Right, they came out of Egypt. Right? Because they came out because of the blood. The blood of the Lamb. They walked through the water of baptism in the sea. Right? And for it ends up being 40 years and not 40 days. But what do they have with them? They've got the, the manifest presence of God in the, in the pillar of fire and in the cloud. Right? In the people. After Jesus goes through the baptism and raises up. Right? And he, he sprinkles his blood and said, Forever, Daddy. Forever, those who follow after, they are cleansed. What? He's with them for 40 days. Off and on. And then we know that at the end of those 40 days, he gets with the disciples, and they, this is Acts chapter 1, they go out to the Mount of Olives once again. He gives them, I, I, I can't imagine, he gives them the last instructions. Of course, the disciples, still being the disciples, are, hey, Jesus, is this the time you're still, you're going you're gonna to restore the kingdom to Israel? He's going, can, can you imagine going, Oh, Lord, what am I supposed to do with these people, right? No, he, look, but no, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just hang tight. Stay in Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they go out to the Mount of Olives. And all of a sudden, Jesus starts defying gravity once again. Right? I say once again because he did it before. Anybody ever tried to walk on water? It doesn't work. It hasn't worked for me yet. I'm saying yet, because who knows? Maybe one of these days. All right? But he starts ascending. And what does he ascend in? A cloud. What's the cloud? You know, there's a, there's a passage in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter uh, 5. Um, 
Make sure I've got that right. My brain needs to be quickened this morning. Probably means I need more coffee. Um, great, can't find that. Well, Karis, double check my my reference for me, would you please? It's uh, Hebrews five, I believe. Remember, it says it's because we have such a great cloud of witnesses, right? A cloud. Since we have a, such a great cloud of witnesses, right? What, what, what's the great cloud of witnesses? All those who have gone before us. If we have a cloud of witnesses around us, do you think Jesus would, might have a cloud of witnesses around him? You know, we, we, I'm, I'm kind of flip-flopping those because Jesus is the one that goes before, right? Right? I don't know this. It doesn't say specifically. It doesn't say direct. But I can just see this. The great cloud of woods. He ascends in a cloud. Was it, was it, was it all the Old Testament saints that, that, uh, that, that rose up too? Maybe it was all the Old Testament saints that came out of Hades, or out, of, out of Abraham's bosom rather, when he came up. Did they ascend with him? not specific but I think it's a really good guess <laughs> and I could see Jesus going up you know this is this is uh, you know look at you know, Daniel 7 uh, verse 13 and 14 did, did, did he go up and, and go did, did he quote Psalm 24 when he got to heaven Psalm 24 Open the gates. Lift up your heads, O you gates, that the king of glory may come in. Then they answer back, who's the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Did he say, I don't know whether he did or not, but it's a great picture. (laughs) And we we know it's a picture of Jesus anyway. All these psalms, they're, they're great pictures of, of the Lord. He, and he, he came in, but we know this in Daniel 7. It says that he rose in a cloud. Acts chapter 1, it's looking up. Daniel 7, it's looking down. He rose up with the clouds of heaven. Here came the, the Son of Man. One like a Son of Man. He came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him and was given him dominion, authority, and a kingdom. And we know Acts 2 says that, that he ascended before the heaven. And, he, and, and what happened is God the Father said, Here, here son, take, the, take the, the place at my right hand. And it said, it wasn't David who ascended, but it was David's greatest son. He ascended. It says he sits now on the throne of David, reigning and ruling. Let me get back to where I began. I'm going to make this full circle. Athanasius said, he became all that you are 
He became what we are that we might become what he is. In every way, Jesus became man. He was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Even as we were dead in our sins, Jesus became dead in his sin. In not his own sin, but in our sins, right? Because they were put upon him. And he tasted that separation from God. And even as the Holy Spirit came and, and raised Jesus up from the dead, when we say yes to him, the Holy Spirit comes and raises us up and gives our spirit a newness of life. Do we have our resurrected body yet? No. Still praying about that one, right? Come on, let's go, Lord. Right? Get this, get this body going. Right? We don't have the resurrected body yet, but our spirit's been made alive. Right? Just like Jesus. And now, what, what, what do we have? Jesus has been placed upon the throne at the right hand of God the Father Almighty in Ephesians 2. What does it say? You are seated there with him. What happened this Easter time from the cross to the throne? Jesus undertook the greatest transformation, the, the greatest exchange in history. Where he said, I'll be like you so that you can be like me. And now, everything that he is, except for being God, because we will never be God, <laughs> everything that he is, we get to inherit. We get to live. We get to walk in. We get to walk in the newness of life. We get to walk in the, the freedom of sin, from sin. We get to walk in the, the, the strength and the hope and the health and the life. We get to walk in the joy and the peace. We get to walk being on the throne of God. When his, think, think about this. When the cloud chariot rides, we get to ride with him. We need to talk about the cloud chariot sometime. That's fun too. Ezekiel chapter 1. You know, there's, it's also in the Psalms. Amen. We, everything that he, everything that, <laughs> pray for me please, gosh, Lord, help me. Uh, everything that you know, Jesus became like us so that we might become like him. And now it's our choice whether we're going to live it or not. As we go out this door today, let's make the choice to live it. We're going to live the life that Jesus has for us to live. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you once again. Thank you, Lord, for, you know, <laughs> amazing sacrifice and great exchange. Lord, we, we're not worthy of it, but please help us to live the life 
worthy of it. There's nothing that we can do in ourselves that, that makes us good enough or will make us even in better place with you because our good works aren't worth anything to you. But the blood is. Help us to live in such a way that we make you proud. That we live the life that Jesus would live if he were physically walking on the earth. Lord, show us really clearly what steps to take, how to speak, Lord, let us, um, Jesus wasn't encumbered by sin at all. Let us, let us leave all the sin and the, the yuck and the mess that, that was part of our old lives, our lives in Adam and Eve. Let us leave all that behind and let us live the life that Jesus lived. And that he would live if he were right here with us. Holy Spirit, come and show us how to do that. Because we um, we tend to mess it up. But we know that you can you can even clean up our messes. Lord, thank you so much for those who are back with us. And Lord, for those who are still not feeling quite well today, Lord, we pray a special blessing and a special healing touch upon them that they would be well that they would, uh, it would be expedient, Lord, even, even miraculous that it would happen immediately. And Lord, we, um, Lord, I pray that you'll give us opportunities to share and add to your kingdom. Thank you for it, in Jesus' name.